Hello again, Centerpoint, and welcome to today's daily devotional. I hope this finds you well wherever you are and however you're listening to it. Last time in Acts, in Acts chapter 4, we saw the apostles, and we saw two things about the apostles. One, that they were known for being with Jesus, and two, that their actions and their works clearly came from Jesus, that they were doing his will. And so we move on to Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, we see a number of different events. We see uh, the familiar story of Ananias and Sapphira, which we'll look at today. Now we see that the apostles are known for performing miracles by the power of the Spirit there in Jerusalem. And we see once again they contend with the Jerusalem leadership, the Jewish leadership in Jerusalem. But then we see an interesting piece where the Jewish leadership follows the advice of one Gamaliel, a rabbi who we learn in Acts chapter 22 was the rabbi who taught Paul, formerly known as Saul. Just a fun little piece where we see these stories connecting. And they follow his advice, which quite frankly is the advice is to not kill them because you never know. They could be the mouthpiece of God, which indeed they are. And so uh, Acts chapter 5, you know, Acts chapter 5 was the very first piece of New Testament Greek I ever translated. Um, I took a form of Greek called Attic Greek, which is from the 5th century BC, and the New Testament is written in something called Koine Greek, which is the 1st century AD. And so we didn't read the Bible, but um, I had a TA who led a New Testament reading group, and so we would meet over lunch, uh, and we, we read uh, parts and bits of the New Testament together. And we started right here in Acts chapter 5 of all places. Uh, such a funky place to start, but that is where we started. And so Acts 5 is always going to hold a very special uh, place in my heart. Uh, so would you, re- would you read with me uh, the very first uh, piece of New Testament Greek I ever got to translate, uh, Acts chapter 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked him, or Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. That is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Here in Acts chapter 5, we see something, to be honest, quite unfamiliar to the New Testament. We see instantaneous judgment for sin. In the life of Ananias and Sapphira, it it feels a bit out of place with all these healings of miracles and the apostles preaching. And yet it's not an unfamiliar thing in the scriptures as a whole. Uh, We know that the Old Testament is very full of God demanding holiness and expecting holiness from his people 
and expecting his people to communicate that holiness to those around him. We see instantaneous judgment all the time in the, in the Old Testament as, it, as Israel exits out of Egypt, wanders in the land, and then begins to conquer the land of Canaan, executing judgment on the Canaanites for their sin and because God has commanded Israel to take that territory over. Instantaneous judgment, it's not an unfamiliar concept, but it feels a little unfamiliar to the New Testament. So it's a bit shocking, and it feels a bit out of place. And so we'll look at what do we do with this story of instantaneous judgment. But first, we read in the very first pass, in the very first verse of chapter 5, Now a man named Ananias, coming with his wife Sapphira, also, also sold a piece of property. That's referring us back, back to Acts chapter 4, verse 36, the very end of that chapter, where it talks about Barnabas selling his piece of land and distributing the proceeds equally to the church. That here we have a story of Barnabas who uh, distributes it equally and is totally upfront about what he's got and what he's given, contrasted with Ananias and Sapphira, who, yes, sell their land and are always in complete control of it, but lie. Lie about it and pretend to be something that they're not. So what was their mistake? What did they do? Why did they allow themselves and why did they choose to allow Satan in their hearts to proceed with this lie? One of the commentators I read wrote this. He said uh, that Ananias and Sapphira uh, had the desire for human praise more than being faithful to God. Perhaps Ananias and Sapphira saw how Barnabas was treated, saw what great deed he did, and said, well, we want that same praise, but we also want to keep a little on the side. They were taken over by deceit and by sin. Their mistake was that not that they sold it or not that they um, wanted to give just a little bit away, but that they lied, that they allowed deceit uh, to fill them and that they wanted praise more than being faithful to God. I'm reflecting back as I was preparing for this on this um, on the sermon this past Sunday, which I preached on Hosea, and one of the themes is that God takes sin very seriously, and that he took the sin of Israel so seriously to compare it to prostitution, and yet he also takes grace and forgiveness so seriously that he would do it for his nation, even though they've given themselves to another God. And that's what we have here, too, is that sin is serious, but the gospel is just as serious. So what can we learn from this? Well, we can know and, and find confidence in the fact that God is omniscient. That even in light of sin, we can't hide anything from God. We can't think that we're going to do something that escapes his vision. No, it's all out in the open. That can be a little... A little gripping at times as we consider who we are in private moments or thoughts that we have from time to time and think, man, I, I'm ashamed that God would see those things. But it ought to drive us to comfort too as we think about times of despair and anxiety and, and just feeling troubled and worried, knowing that God is omniscient, that he knows and sees everything. He knows how we feel and he is there to comfort us. And I think, too, as you know, you reflect on God seeing your sin and seeing it all and you being bare in front of him, that he still offers us grace. 
he still offers us forgiveness and love. You know, that Romans verse comes to mind, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That God sees all of who you are and all of who I am, and yet still chooses to offer us grace. We can trust, friends, in God's omniscience. In this story, we can trust that God saw them and that he judged them for it. One last point here is that God takes his holiness seriously. Not only that, he takes his holiness seriously, but that he is a God of justice and he will accomplish his justice. And he did so here in the life of Ananias and Sapphira. And so friends, as we move forward in this day and as we move forward in this week, would you trust in an omniscient God who sees everything, who sees the brokenness and the hurt and the pain, but also a God who is desperately jealous for his holiness and who will execute judgment because he is good. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you that you know all and that you see all. God, we thank you that we can trust in you. God, help us to trust in you. God, help us to know that you see all of our sin. Uh, may we repent of it and ask for your forgiveness. And God, may we find great comfort that you see everything and that you know how we feel, you know our anxious thoughts, our worry, our dread, our fear. And God, that you meet us in those moments to be true to us. God, we thank you that you are holy, that you above everything else are pure, and that we can look to you and trust in you. God, we thank you that you are a God who executes justice, who cares deeply, who mends wounds, and who restores all things to himself. And it's in you we place our trust, and in your son's name we pray. Amen.